Hey guys, you're listening to Perry Plugged In, the official podcast of the Perry Chamber of Commerce, brought to you by Wendy Johnson, Country Financial, helping you protect what matters most. I'm your host, Maggie Schuyler, President and CEO of the Perry Chamber. In each episode, we will be chatting about topics related to business, entrepreneurship, and leadership. We will learn how local business leaders and owners have built and grown their companies, as well as the challenges and opportunities they have met along the way. If you enjoy this episode, make sure you subscribe so that you'll be notified of new episodes when they become available. Don't forget to leave a review and share with your family, friends, and coworkers. Now, let's talk business. All right, good morning, everyone. Um, Welcome to another episode of Perry Plugged In. We are very excited to have two guests on today's episode. Um, I'm gonna let them introduce themselves. Yes, Uh, hey, this is Madison Holland, uh, owner and broker at Landmark Realty. Hello, this is Linward Barrett with Landmark Realty also. So we are very excited to have these two gentlemen on today's podcast. We are going to be talking about real estate. (laughs) Guys, tell me, who is Landmark Realty? What do you all do? And um, just tell us a little bit about yourselves. Sure. Thanks, Maggie. Uh, I think it would only be right to start by letting Linward here, who he he said he is with Landmark, but Linward is Landmark Realty. Um, I mean, he started Landmark many years ago. So, Linward, do you want to kind of tell everybody a little bit about Landmark and how it got started? Yes, back in 1985, that's when I started my real estate career. I worked for another company in Perry for about two years. And then after that, I broke away and decided to start my own company. So that was in 1987. So uh, I've seen a lot in real estate over those years. I was telling someone earlier today that uh, back then we had contracts with a front page and a half of a back page. And that was it. Never had any problems with contracts. And now today, we're up to about 22, 23, 24 pages on some contracts. Yeah, I feel like you have to literally sign your life away when you're assigning contracts these days. Like you are signing and signing and signing some more. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, a lot that goes into it. You know, it's not just uh, your word and a handshake anymore. Right. Um, like Linward said, I mean, I feel like even since I've been in real estate, multiple pages have been added to just your typical purchase and sale agreement. So what is, what is the, because I don't know this, this is not obviously my area, but why the big addition to so many different pages over the year? What has that, what was the purpose of that? Well, I've, I've attributed it to the fact that a lot of your attorneys want to make sure everybody's protected, so they put everything you can think of in a contract and that's the main reason i think just trying to protect the buyers protect the sellers protect the realtors protect the attorneys right and so everybody should be protected with the contracts today okay yeah i think uh you know the longer people have been practicing real estate um, obviously different things are going to pop up and i'm sure y'all have seen all kinds of different scenarios yeah which is what ultimately causes another page to be added yeah yeah something comes up that hadn't been experienced before and then you know the attorneys get together and they figure out how they can write it up to possibly avoid something like that happening again and then you know there comes that ninth page and tenth page (laughs) and you know twelfth page and right they get it all figured out so even though the pages have been added to make sure that everybody is covered and 
everything is taken care of. What's the one consistent thing that you've noticed in the 30 plus years you've been doing real estate that has not changed? Like, is there anything that you can think of? You still, 20, I mean, 30, 35 years ago, you still had to have a legal description on a contract. And 35 years later, we still have to have a legal description on a contract. Okay. That's one thing that comes to mind. Okay. And uh, most most of the things we did back then, we still do today, but they just, they've been expanded. Okay. Attorneys have expanded everything that we did to where it's just now, uh, just so much more stuff that you got to remember and you right. got to do. Why, why do you like being in real estate? What makes you decide every day that I want to do this? Because the housing market fluctuates. I mean, you've, I mean, you've obviously been doing this for 30 years, so you've seen a little bit of everything. What makes you like real estate so much that you're still practicing? Well, that's a good question. Years ago when I went into real estate, never in my wildest dream did I ever think about doing real estate full-time. I was going to do it part-time, hoping to make a few extra dollars to take care of my kids. And uh, after about four weeks, maybe six weeks of being a part-time realtor, I knew then that I was going to be able to do real estate. Okay. And it's, I love to talk to people. Uh, anybody that knows me knows, yes. knows I'm not shy no. when it comes to talking to people. Okay. So that's the main thing that I think that I would have to say made me want to do real estate and have enjoyed it over the years, all the friends I've made, and uh, been able to help people and be honest with people and show them what they needed to do to get a house or sell a house or whatever, a piece of property. So that's the main thing. Okay. Because you just get to what you get to work with people. Because you get to work with all kinds of people. That's right. Yeah. I that's mean, exactly no, right. no person is the same, especially probably real estate, obviously. You get to work with a variety of people. Mm-hmm. So you also obviously have to like people. Yes. Yeah. yeah you <laughs> do. Well, you got to like them. And, uh, as you go year after year after year after year doing real estate you make so many friends i've Mm -hmm. got so many friends now that uh that's one of the reasons i'm still selling real estate right now that the fact that maddie is is wanting me to continue to sell for a while but has a lot to do with just the friends that you want to help that you've uh you know gained over the years Mm -hmm. what made you decide to open in perry i've lived here all my life and Went to the Perry schools all until I graduated in high school in 1968. And uh, if somebody would have told me back then that I would be in real estate, I never would have believed it. But just knowing what a nice town, Perry, the, the, the city officials over the years, we've been blessed with real good mayors and city councilmen mm-hmm. that have done everything to turn Perry into the little show place that it is now. And uh, to this day, when I get somebody in the car with me and start to show them property, I'll still carry them through downtown Perry and show them uh, some of the homes, beautiful homes in Perry. But mainly we just try to sell Perry. Perry, Perry sells itself, but we, we also try to back it up and let somebody know we're here for the reason, same reason they want to be here. Uh-huh. Good schools, good place to raise children. Uh, I, that's the number one thing I've always told customers that probably the number one place to, the number one thing I can say about Perry, Georgia, it's a good place to raise your family. What are you hearing from people that are coming to you all and using you all as, as their realtors? What are you hearing from the transplants? And I consider myself to be a transplant because I was not born and raised in Moultrie. So the transplants, what are you hearing from them? Uh, a lot of people seem to want to move to this area, um, specifically Perry. I mean, 
Houston County, you have great schools. A lot of people that are moving here may be in the military or affiliated with the base in some form or fashion. Um, and a lot of times it seems that Perry is where they choose um, that they want to focus their house search on. Um, so it te- you know tends to be the base, um, mm-hmm. so job driven, and the schools. Mm-hmm. A lot of people moving here have young children. Uh, Houston County has a great uh, selection of schools wherever you go. Um, so those t- tend to be the main driving forces. Okay. So what all do you all special in, specialize in? Do you do a little bit of everything, or do you have a specialty? What do you think, Linwood? I think we'll do a, lot, a little bit of everything. I know uh, for years and years and years we've done, we've done residential housing, we've done commercial, we've done farms, we've done lots, we've done subdivisions, we've developed subdivisions, we've done it all. Do we've y'all do rentals all. as well? Yes, we, uh, a lot of what we're doing right now is property management. Okay. Um, we're up to about uh, 200 units, um, wow. mainly um, single-family homes, okay. uh, some multifamily stuff too um, that we manage. Well, I'll say back in 2007 when I moved here, um, we actually did use Landmark, our, our property management, when well, thank we moved you. here back in 2007. So um, I can attest to that. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> um, and then, you know, what, we were only here, I mean, we were here for like, I think we rented for nine months and then we started the purchasing process. But, you know, we, we use Landmark at that time to help us find a rental. Um, so I didn't realize y'all had 200 units, though. So what are people, um, what are the, re- let's, let's kind of talk about the realities of purchasing versus the realities of rentals. What do you see people um, need to know about the rental market? Because uh, some people are like, oh, I'm just going to go and rent. Well, is it is it as easy to rent these days as people have this perception that it is? No, it's, uh, <laughs> it's really just as hard. Um, it's tough right now if you're trying to buy a home and if you're out there looking to rent. Uh, inventory's low, mm-hmm. um, so the competition is there. Um, and you really have to be on your game, know what you're looking for. And if something comes available, you know, call the agent that has it the company that has it and get an application in as soon as you can. Okay. Um, you know, it's, it's very common to have multiple applications in within an hour of a home oh being, a rental being available. Um, so what do renters usually have to have if they're wanting to rent a house? Like what's the documentation and things that they need to be prepared sure. to be able to go yeah, rent? Yeah, no, it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a process and everybody may do it a little bit different. Um, typically on an application, I mean, we're looking at credit score, we're looking at uh, rental history, Um, we check to see, you know, as far as your job, how long have you been there, Um, what the income is, Um, and it doesn't have to be only on you. If there's another adult there, then we check that too. Uh, We look at criminal history, Um, we check your references, Um, so, I mean, it's a process. Okay. So it's not just as easy as like there's a sign plucked up in the yard. I'm going to call and I'm going to know in two days that I have this rental. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> if we can, we'll, we'll get through the process as far as, you know, looking at the application as soon as we can. Um, but it has its own process just as, you know, buying a house okay. does. I mean, it's, it's different. Right. Um, don't get me wrong, but it's not as easy as, oh, hey, I found a house I like. I want to rent it. Mm-hmm. You know, can I move in next month? Well, it's just not that, not okay. that simple. How many people do y'all have working at Landmark? We have about 
15 people uh, okay. total. And that's on both property, like, do you have separate departments as far as property management and like the real estate, like the buy, the purchasing or is it uh, all the same people? No, right now we pretty much do it all under, under one house. We have a few of our agents that, uh, myself included, that do a lot of the property management. Okay. Um, we have a office manager. Um, and then everybody else is primarily just buying and selling. Oh, okay. Okay. What do people need to know about the, the buying and selling in, in this market? And I know it could change tomorrow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what, do, what are some things that people need to know? Because it's, it's, it's crazy times right now. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, and it's been crazy for a while. Um, I mean, anybody who has been looking for a house knows um, the competition is real. Right. I mean, we've seen up to 30 offers on homes in the past year or two. Have you ever seen it like this before? Uh, it's never even been anywhere close to like it is right now. I mean, Josh and I were terrified when we were selling our home in Ackworth. That was a process. Now, we had a great realtor up there. Love my friend that, that did. I actually met him through our leadership Paulding group. Nice. Um, he was a realtor that I met, and he and I are still in, in, are, are good friends. But he was very frank with me. <laughs> As a realtor, which I was very appreciative of. Mm-hmm. Um, he came in, told, looked at our house, and told us good, bad, and ugly, and then even beyond ugly, what could potentially happen. And that was a year, almost year, oh, that was about a year ago. And that process was so overwhelming. And But now I hear stories where, like you said, people are getting like 30 offers on a house, and it's just unreal to me. So... <laughs> What do people need to know if they're looking to buy and or sell? Do you recommend them selling? I would be scared that if they want to sell, where are they going to go? Yeah, I mean, certainly it's a, it's a seller's market right now, and it has been for a while, but um, it's a little more complex than that. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you sell your house, you need to have something lined up as far as where you're going to go. Um, if you don't, whenever you sell, you're going to be one of those buyers that is um, having to really compete. Uh, for something to buy and I'm assuming again I don't know this but I'm assuming if I'm selling my house and somebody makes an offer on it and somebody that's literally able to buy it outright with no contingencies that's gonna be a more suitable offer than somebody that has a contingency because they have to sell their house is that true absolutely that's true okay so if you're one of those people you're selling your house to see if you can make good money and then you're going to go buy another house but you got to have your house sold may not be the best scenario well today Today? most most sellers will not accept a contract contingent upon the buyer selling their house oh it's been that way now for two and a half three years Mm -hmm. yeah and so I think that's honestly what happened what was a good thing for us is when we were selling our house we did have to have the finances from our first house to buy our second house but the the sellers of our current home um, they knew we were moving whether we were gonna have to buy an RV and park it out at the high school parking lot we were moving we were coming because we had jobs and we had all these things so I think that actually helped us but well it used to be always almost always someone to have to sell their house right and get it under contract right. and have a closing set up before they could ever buy another house and and, 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 and it worked we didn't have didn't have had very few problems with it working but today it's out of the picture you just don't if you want to buy a house you better be prepared to buy it uh, with cash or already have a loan in place 
and the seller needs to know that they've got to have a place to go before they put the house on the market. That's the first thing we tell sellers now. If you want to sell, make sure you've got somewhere to go. So it's not one of those, oh, I was in my front yard and my neighbor sold their house and said they made $40,000. I'm just going to put my house on the market and see what happens. Hmm. Not probably the best scenario if you don't have a place lined up to go. Okay. Yeah, I mean, now so probably more than ever, like it's good to have some good sound representation with the with a good realtor so that way you can avoid some of those issues okay and they can kind of advise you and educate you on what the process is going to be and what you can expect the good and the bad okay so what do you because you know there are some individuals out there they say well i'm just going to for sale by owner because i can make more money Mm -hmm. i mean being a realtor what do you what do you say to that type of thing not that it's wrong or sure. it, you know not that it, you shouldn't do it but as a realtor what was what you say i tell people all the time i don't blame anybody for trying to, to sell their house themselves if, if that's what they want to do and think they can be prepared for all the unknowns but mm-hmm. there are a lot of unknowns mm-hmm. number one you could put your house up for sale yourself you don't really know for sure who's coming in your house when you let somebody in to look at your house right and it's been that way for years and years uh, many years ago when we had for, for sale by owners they would try it for a while then they'd realize that you know somebody's not they're not somebody's not looking after their interest right. today uh, that's what realtors are for a good realtor is going to look after your interest as a seller okay. or your interest as a buyer they're going to look after your interest make sure that uh, everybody that comes to that house is a qualified buyer okay uh, make sure that everybody uh, understands that like when we list a house we're working for the seller exclusive right to sell listings mm-hmm. and we work for the seller and uh, do everything we can not to say that when we're, when we're dealing with buyers we're still being honest with them we'll let them know what they need to know also but our ultimate responsibility is representing that seller okay and make sure they get guided in the right direction where they get the top dollar for their house uh, without somebody taking advantage of them. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I think even, especially right now, you're just seeing offers. I mean, anytime you're having more offers, people know that they're gonna need to compete to stand out and to get their offer accepted. Um, I think so by nature, you're gonna see offers become more complex when people are trying to compete and stand out. So, you know, we've seen all these situations typically that that these sellers are getting presented with um and, and if you make the wrong choice or misstep i mean you know not only could it cost you it could hurt you financially but it could um have some legal ramifications right. so i mean that's what we're there i mean you know we're we're experienced we've whatever they're going through we've probably dealt with it and we can help them okay. um get through the process so a lot of times i mean they're you know paying for you know our experience and and uh and i mean we're confident that we're able to that it will be worth it um financially and just for their peace of mind too i i mean i'll i'll be the first one to say moving from one town to another and the fact that we didn't have to worry about anything like Mm -hmm. we my husband's y'all all all know anybody that's listened to the podcast my husband football coach so they start practice in june so when we put our house on the market we Airbnb'd it in Macon and, and, um, in Macon for a couple of weeks. 
and we just didn't worry about it. So having a realtor that literally set up the showings and took the offers and read through them to see what was viable and not and what was good. I mean, it, it was a huge just relief to me because I didn't have to worry about those things. So those mm -hmm. are the things that you as realtors, y'all take the stress off of the seller. Yeah, and okay. too, a lot of times, you know, even if you do a for sale by owner, typically the buyer is going to come with an agent anyway. Um, uh, and, and that agent, you know, they're, they're responsible to look out for that buyer. Uh -huh. um, so, you know, I would, I would recommend it's in your best interest as a right. seller to have your own agent that's looking out for your best interest. Right. Um, and to make sure that, you know, everything goes as it should for you. You mentioned earlier that people trying to make themselves stand out so they're, you know, in a good place to compete with other offers. Is there, what are the things that people could do to try to potentially make themselves stand out to be a viable offer? Does it vary on house, on oh, yeah. every house and every situation? Yeah, I mean, we've seen a lot of different things. Do people still write letters? Yeah, I mean, I have yes. I have seen some letters, and I yes, we too. do. We oh, do yeah, give I mean, them all. Yeah, that was it. I mean, yeah. I say the first time I bought a house, I played that pity card, y'all. Oh, that first yeah. time I bought a house, I wrote the letter. This is I'm a first time home buyer. I'm mm. 25. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, cool. this is my dream to buy my first house. Oh yeah, I played That's that the, card. Uh, so I didn't know people still did that or yeah. not. Okay. Yeah. Include no. pictures in the oh, letters. Yeah. Their yeah, dolls, their kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We see that, but I haven't seen it work yet. Yeah. Oh, okay. And yeah. I've, I've had it more than, I've had it, I've had it numerous times over the years. Did you, okay, I'm going to ask, as a realtor, do you show that to your seller? What, the letters? Sure. Yes. Oh, do? yeah. Okay. Sure. If somebody presents it and they want the seller to see it, um, I'm not going to hold any portion of that offer back, whether it's a letter with pictures or really not. Do you really think that it makes any difference to the sellers? I think probably every seller is going to be different, but do you think it really makes it much of a difference? I think typically it doesn't. I don't okay. think so. Okay. I, don't, I don't think it works either. Well, yeah. I'm just thinking between like me and my husband. My husband would be like, I don't care. I just want the money. I want to be able to sell the house and be <laughs> yeah. done, and I want to make a profit. You know, he, knowing him, that's just, and then me... If it was just up to me, I'd be, you know, tugging at the heartstrings, you know, mm -hmm. show me the pictures of the kids and the dogs kind of a thing. But I just didn't know if that really worked anymore. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to say it wouldn't, um, but a lot of times in my experience, at have least. Has anybody it's... ever sent, like, chocolates or flowers or anything like that? I have not seen candy <laughs> or flowers. I have not seen that either. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's, that, okay. that would be a first. That would be a first. Okay. I'm sure it's happened. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if it doesn't, doesn't happen in the future, though. Okay. Yeah. We've seen some crazy things. So you're saying that people you could you've seen like thirty offers on a house before? Yeah, especially in the last year or two. Um, Gosh, does that know, drive up the price? It yeah, it does. I okay. mean, typically agents that are working with buyers, they know they have a feel for which houses are going to okay have a lot of competition. Um, so certainly if they know that, you know, they'll advise their buyers, and it, you know, the buyers will make a decision on how high they can want to go and how high they they can go okay and how appealing they can make their offer what is um so again because i don't do this so people tradition i mean you usually have to have an appraisal right yes so what's the difference between an appraisal cost and like a real estate cost is there a difference between the two or like a market like maybe market value is what i'm trying to like a market value oh no, versus no, an appraisal they're gonna, they're gonna be very similar they are gonna be very similar so very you're not similar. seeing those numbers being too too different well what we're what we have been seeing you know and that's another way like offers can get complex um you know 
if a house is listed at 200,000 and somebody offers 220,000, which is 20,000 over, you might see them say, we will pay you know, up to $20,000 if the appraisal comes in below the agreed upon sales price. Okay. Um, you know, and I don't know if that answers your question yeah, exactly, that, but yeah. But I mean, it, again, does it make sense to pay more than the appraisal price? You know, I, I would say that kind of depends on your, that's a, that's <laughs> a loaded question. I, if you okay. want a place to live. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I, I tell folks a lot of times, like, you know, whatever you offer, whatever you're comfortable with, okay. if you don't get the house, like right now is not the time to think that you're going to get a bargain. Um, typically, yeah. you know, so if I come come to you and tell you you don't get the house, that your offer wasn't picked, you know, offer as good as you want to offer and be comfortable with the fact that it just wasn't meant to be for you. Okay. Most houses today sell for more than the house is listed for. Mm-hmm. Almost right. all of them. Right. More than what it's listed for. Okay. Never saw this until actually March of 2020 when it started mm-hmm. during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense that it would do that, do it that way, but that's exactly when it started, and uh, don't have an answer for it. But it's still, we're still going strong. Okay. Well, um, what are you all noticing here in Houston County? I mean, it, you said earlier there is a housing shortage. There's not as many houses on the market as there are people wanting them. So, what are you? telling people when they're coming to you and say, I need to buy or I want to buy, but there's just the inventory is just so low. Yeah. What know, is the reality that you have to kind of tell them? Yeah. I just tell people, know for sure what you're looking for, um, you know, and, and give me that information so that way I can do a good search for you. Okay. And to, you know, be patient, but but also be, if, if an opportunity comes up, be, be ready to go. Okay. Go ahead and talk with some mortgage lenders and have one picked out that that they want to go with and have their pre-qualification letter and um so that way when the opportunity comes they're ready they're ready to go ready to make a good offer that was the one thing that we i mean when i when we knew we were moving and i talked to my friend he said you go talk to the bank and you go ahead and get that get all that stuff secured like Mm -hmm. before he i mean he had come started coming to our house and looked at me he's like you get all the stuff secured get your (laughs) everything ready so that when you find something, you can just jump on it because um, you know you, you can't wait in this. How long are how long are the average houses on the market for before they're usually under contract? This do y'all know? What are y'all well, seeing? Well, I'll, t- I'll tell you this: if they're clean, good houses, mm-hmm. good at, good neighborhoods, most houses don't last a day. Okay. And if it lasts more than a day, it's because the seller and the realtor has agreed we're going to keep it on the market for seven days or so, whatever period okay. of day, to see how many contracts they can get on it to oh. get a, to get a bid more started. Okay. But a good listing today, you know. In fact, I had one one on the market uh, last night. First mm-hmm. time I saw a sign was last night. Mm-hmm. This morning I got a call from the agent, already under contract way over what it was listed for well where i live in my neighborhood we had um a house that went up on the um for sale and i still i'm not moving but i still get the zillow Mm -hmm. realtor notifications from when we were moving and i saw it was in my neighborhood i'm like oh i didn't know this house was going for sale 
And I called the girl and I said, you're selling your house? And she told me she was. And she said, if you want to come and look at it, because they had done some updates and the floor plan was somewhat similar, come and look at the house. You know, you kind of get some ideas as to what you could potentially do for your update. And literally that afternoon, she texted me. She said, wait, she had five offers and they were already under contract. I was like, it hasn't even been 24 hours yet. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, she, she said it was just like hot potatoes. And yeah. even after... Even after a house is under contract, do you see sellers still showing the house in case the contract falls through? Absolutely. Uh, I mean, it, it does happen, but typically, you know, I don't, typically if someone makes an offer and you get under contract, you know, you'll ride that out. And okay. if, if something happens to it, if it happens to fall through, then you can let those folks know that we're interested. So that way, if they want to make another run at it or submit another offer they can you usually have like a due diligence period correct like once that offer is made what is that due diligence period usually so the you know the the purpose of the due diligence period is just so you as a buyer can you know get the house inspected and can do you know pretty much as it's as it says do your own due diligence mm -hmm. to make sure it's something you really want to pursue and if you terminate the contract uh, during that due diligence period um, you'll get your earnest money back right um, and if you back out after that due diligence period, then you more than likely will not. What happens to that earnest money if you are past the due diligence period? If, if you're past the due diligence period and you terminate, then you know typically it's gonna go to the seller okay. for, taking, for taking their house off the market essentially. Basically. While it's tied up under contract okay. with you as the buyer. Okay, okay, that makes sense. Um, what are some reasons what are some reasons that you have seen why the due diligence period like has people have canceled their contract within that seven or ten days usually sometimes yeah and you, you know it's funny you know like seven to ten days like i don't know a year ago two you know two years ago three years ago that was seven to ten days was almost standard at the minimum maybe even 14. Yeah. But what is it today well now it, you know it depends that's that's one way people are making their offers more competitive is very short due diligence periods i see zero day due diligence periods yeah. um, but, but you have to do like a home inspection and things like that so then how do you find a home inspector if your due diligence period is only like five days well you know <laughs> then that's the stress part, stressful part i think for me is i'm such a planner i'd be like wait i gotta find somebody in five yeah, days yeah and you know the the home inspectors have realized what's going on so they know that the due, due diligence periods are going to be short okay um i think so they just understand you know they they're available as they can be okay um so sometimes as realtors we do have to call two or three to see who can get in the fastest uh to and you all recommend that. home inspectors oh yeah certainly okay. uh even even if you buy a property even if you have no due diligence period um, you still need to get it inspected okay. um, because then if you, you know, if something happens and you have to terminate and lose your earnest money, it's still better than, you know, at least then you know what you got before right. you close. That, that $2,000 earnest money could be a whole lot better than a, you know, $20,000 something yeah, that sure. you just didn't see because you didn't get it inspected or, or mm -hmm. whatnot. We'll normally give them a list of uh, inspectors. Okay. We, we, we very seldom recommend just one. We just give them a list of inspectors. And how do you find y'all's inspectors? Can I ask? They'll they'll come to us. They'll they'll send us cards. Okay. Uh, and over the years, you know, you know, most of them that started out doing inspections years ago, mm -hmm. they're still inspecting today. Okay. So over the years, you learn all the names and the numbers and everything. But uh, I know I try my best. If somebody wants a, an inspector, I'll try to give them at least three or four to choose from. Okay. Let them decide who they want to use. Are you all usually there when the home inspector is there? 
Or is the homeowner sometimes Sometimes. There? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it depends on the situation. Okay. Um, you know, typically someone will, will be there. Okay. Um, you know, it kind of depends on what the seller's, you know, what side you're you're right. working on um if you if you're listing the house or if you're with the buyers you know if your seller wants somebody to be there well then typically at least the buyer's agent will be there with okay. the buyers um but that's just kind of a case-by-case basis okay. depending on if is the house occupied or is mm-hmm. it vacant mm-hmm. stuff like that okay so um again talking about just this crazy real estate world what are you seeing potentially in like the next six months to a year do you still see the market being kind of the way it is do you still see it being this competitive and what could people do to kind of prepare for that yeah i mean everybody has seen the interest rates go up right slightly um and you've, if you haven't months. seen you've probably heard about it on the news yeah. that's one of the things they're talking about on the news is yeah. the interest rates going up so we'll see how that affects things. Um, I think Houston County in particular is kind of insulated um, because of the base, mm-hmm. because of the good schools. Um, so I think that's going to, you know, support us, right? Um, you know, versus other areas. Uh, but you know, there's still just such a such a shortage of, of homes, lack of inventory. I think it's going to stay pretty level for a while. What are people looking for in houses now other than just I need a house? You know, it used to be people were very particular oh, when they right. would go and look at houses. Oh, that room is the is a ugly color of yellow. I don't like that color yellow. Yeah. <laughs> Versus, yeah. you know, what are what are, are people still looking for certain things or are you seeing people are just looking for houses that they can make their own? Is it a good combination of everything? Yeah, I think right now it's been such a seller's market and I don't, you know, I don't know what you think, Linwood, but it seems like people have, buyers are a lot less picky right now. Mm-hmm. Absol- absolutely, you're There's, right. You watch those HGTV, which I, nothing against HGTV, because I do love HGTV, but House Hunters, where you'll have the wife, nothing against the wife, it's usually the wife, who walks in and says, well, the color cabinets are not the shade of white that I want. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I'm thinking, like, are people still that particular? You, you can't be that choosy today. You can't do, yeah. And one of the things that, that comes to my mind when you ask that question, years ago, swimming pools were a deterrent yes. for selling a house. Yeah. People would, I've known people to buy houses, and within 60 days after they bought a house, fill the swimming pool in with dirt. Mm-hmm. And now we're finding most people looking for a swimming pool now. Or looking for a lot that could be, a pool could be yeah, added. Yeah. That's right. I think, I, I, I feel like that kind of came out of the crazy pandemic when we were all at home, people couldn't really leave. If you had a pool, at least you had a place you could get outside and swim and do things. Um, but even, you mentioned that, like even now, because when we bought our house, we were actually that, we were that family. My husband looked, he said, we've got a flat backyard. We could put a pool in back here, which some of the people that lived there prior to us actually did have a above-ground pool. So we have electricity and all that stuff out sure. where you could put it. And that was actually our idea. And then we actually called a couple of pool companies. They're like, oh, yeah, we have a two-year waiting limit. Yeah. And yep. so I was like, well, House and Lake is literally just a mile from the house. We're going to go join House and Lake Country Club. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, well now, now the swimming pool cost is so high also right right but even though they got a waiting uh, got a wait waiting list i know that oh yeah but the prices have gone up so much so people are looking for houses already got that pool put there and 
do it all, have mm-hmm. it all financed at one time mm-hmm. instead of having spending having to spend another fifty or hundred thousand dollars for a swimming pool. Yeah. Well, um, it's funny because when we bought our house, I don't know what. I mean, the lady that lived there before me, she definitely did not have my style. I will say that. And I remember walking through the house and looking at the aesthetics and looking at the colors of the walls and the tile. My husband's looking at the bones. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at the things and I kept thinking, what in the world were they thinking when they picked out that wall color? We had this chevron um, Aztec ombre design in the kitchen of all places. It was a major eyesore. But I remember thinking, oh, I could at least paint over it. But um, I know that some people don't see those things. So as a realtor, is that something else that you find yourself doing is telling them the potential that it could potentially, you know, it could be? Like yeah. you could possibly tear down this wall or you could paint this or you could do it. So you, do you find yourselves being that voice of reason too? Yeah, I mean, I think you just try to walk that, the right line. Um, I don't want to talk something up so much where they make an offer and then a month later they're like hey man you really kind of guided us wrong here you know yeah I thought we could turn this into something um you know but I do try to help folks have a open mind or if they ask a particular question I'll give them my opinion but um you know at the end of the day it's something they're buying it's their big investment so just want to make sure that they are happy with the choice that they're making okay what is your style of being a realtor? Are you one? Are y'all the types of realtors that you go into the house and let the people just walk around on their own, or do you walk around with them? What's y'all style? I'll give you my answer first. I, I do. I, I've always let somebody pick out their own house. Okay. I'll, I'll walk in the door, in the house with them, and first thing I'll tell them now, if I might tell them, look, you know, you've got to be able to see the potential in this house. If mm-hmm. it's not what you want right now, it could potentially be what you want. So think of it that way. But I'll walk through the house with them or I'll go turn lights on, whatever. And I, I tell people all the time, to this day, I've never sold a house. I don't feel like I've ever sold one myself because I don't try to sell a house. Right. I let the house sell itself. Okay. And it's worked for me. You know, whether okay. it works for other realtors, I don't know, but that's the way I work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I definitely tend to be uh, like Linward in, in that regard. Um, you know, like I said, you don't want to, you know, get out of your lane and, you know, have somebody pick a house that, you know, a few months into it that, that they're not happy with right. based on, you know, something that you said. Um, right. So I want to make sure it's something that they like. I tend to kind of let people take their time and walk around the house, try to give them some privacy so that way they can discuss with their you know, with their family or whatever, as mm-hmm. far as the potential or, or lack thereof that they see. And um, but certainly there to answer any questions or, you know, give them any advice or anything like that that they need uh, to, for them to make a good decision. Have you ever had a, um, a buyer pull up to a house and refuse to get out of the car? <laughs> like, uh, like, nope, not going in that one. Yeah, yeah, I have. <laughs> Actually, uh, I had that recently. We pulled up to a house to go see it and it was listed and the sellers were inside and uh it was like no nah, we'll just pass you know so there's a tip for you if you got your house listed and you got some showings it's usually best to i just thought you i mean i i thought that was common knowledge if you're selling your house and you know, somebody wants to come and look at it you're, you should leave yeah it is but you <laughs> I know that was kind of common knowledge and but. sometimes people can't help it you know but normally like you would know in advance okay. um but yeah 
if you can get out, it's usually best to let the folks have their privacy to look around. Do people, because I've heard, all right, being a coach's wife, we have a we have a, a relatively you think it's a big world, but it's really a small world. We have a lot of friends that every year go through the fo- the football fruit basket turnover where they're having to buy and sell because of, of coaching jobs. And mm-hmm. We just had some friends that did the same thing. And she called me and was horrified that they had gone to look at a house and the sellers had a camera system in the house and had it on the entire time they were there. And the only reason they knew it was because they had a speaker system and they actually heard the sellers talking about them looking at the house. Yeah. I, and I was like, wait, what? We have to warn people now. That is unique. I have never had, had that happen. They, but. They, she said it was weird because they walked into a room and she made a, I think she made a comment about a wall color. That's, you know. Sure. And she heard a woman's voice say, oh, but I like that color. And she was like, what? And come to find out, it was, yeah. So the, the ring, the sellers were watching them on the ring camera. Kind of like when those, like those baby monitors, you oh, know. Oh, yeah. But yeah, they had them in all the rooms. And she was like, wait, what? First of all, she said that was really creepy to know that people were watching me. Yeah. But yeah. I just didn't know if y'all had ever come across that. That was the first time she said she was like, it was very strange. I mean, I've definitely shown houses with cameras. Um, and I just always err on the side of caution. Assume that they're on. Mm-hmm. And so I'll tell folks like, hey, they have cameras in here. So if you got, you know, if you got anything you want to discuss in private, we'll just talk outside. Yeah. Uh, just to, uh, just to be safe. Okay. Um, what are some, what is, what are the good, the bad, I say the good, the bad, and the ugly about real estate um, in the sense that is it really cutthroat with realtors? Or are, is the realtor world, I could say kind of like the banker world, like y'all all are in the same business. Y'all all, for the most part, play nicely together, but you still are looking out for your customers. So, I mean, are y'all, for the most part, because everybody seems like they're pretty friendly. Yeah. I, I say that, I mean, say at Chamber stuff, I mean, how many realtors do we have that are Chamber members? Y'all all end up talking sure. Yeah. Events, all mixing and mingling, so. I mean, I, recently even I went to another realtor's like ribbon cutting you know oh, yeah. you hope for uh we all need to succeed i think um is the best way to put it um, and we out. we hope for each other's success i think I we all get along so good. hard um the wingates my husband coached um both wingate boys at veterans high school mm-hmm. and you know we get custom homes and they had their new neighborhood this was back in february when it was opening up and we went out there for the ribbon cutting and i literally walked around and i counted six realtor real estate companies that were that one ribbon cutting and I was laughing I was like it's a good thing y'all all work well together because if y'all didn't this be a very interesting ribbon cutting yeah um yeah. so I love the fact that you all seem like you work so well together for the better good of your buyers and, your, and the community yeah we, we do we uh you know the ones that are in the cutthroat mode they don't last long right because everybody based on what i've known over the years uh, we get along with the warner robin realtors they get along with us mm-hmm. uh other realtors in perry would get along with without any problems whatsoever right. we never had any problems whatsoever right so we're fortunate there well i would think as a buyer somebody coming in they're going to see that if if you all didn't get along with others they would be able to see that and that would be a big testimony of what the community is like. So, yeah. of course, like you were saying, you want people to know how wonderful this community is. 
and y'all are oftentimes, especially for the transplants, y'all are the face of Perry because sure. y'all are the first people that they see. Yeah. And you know, typically with any real estate transaction, normally you have two brokerages involved. Mm -hmm. um, and so almost every transaction we're working very closely with an agent uh, from another brokerage. Right. And it takes, it really does take both brokerages. It takes both agents to make that deal happen. Now you're working together, but you're, you know, but at the same time, you're looking out for your client's best Correct. interest. Correct. Um, but it, it's only successful if, if you work, you work together and at the same time, look out for your clients. Right. And that is, I mean, it's very easy to do. You can do it. It's not a uh, one or the other. Right. Well, Linwood, you mentioned this back at the very beginning that you became a realtor part-time just thinking you're going to do it part-time that's correct and then it turned into a full-time position right. so what would you what advice would you give somebody who says I think I want to do real estate and I'm just going to do it part-time what would what advice would you give somebody who is thinking about going into real estate well, you, you've got to have the want to, and if you want to do it, you can do it. You just try to make up your mind that you're going to uh, get with a company that will allow you. First of all, some real estate companies don't really allow somebody to do part-time okay. real estate. Okay. But most of them probably will. And I know uh, we've got an agent with, that's been with us 33 years, Keith Seaman, who... Uh, actually went into real estate the same way I did, two years after I did, part-time, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. just to make some extra money, and next thing you know, he's full-time, and so 33 years later, uh, for him, 35 years, no, 30, 37 years later for me, uh, it's worked for us, but my number one advice, get, get somebody that's willing to work with you and help you. Okay. Uh, one of the things that impressed me about Madison, uh, when the first time I ever met him, he was working with another real estate company, Warner Robbins. Had a house listed on Arena Road, and he was the agent that brought that contract to me. And if I'm not mistaken, you were part time. I was. Yeah. yeah. I was like, was, you were, that's why I was wondering, like Madison, like how did you kind of fall into yeah, this? Yeah, he was yeah. part time, and we started looking at a house. About I had to be out there. To open the house up because the sellers just wanted to make sure I was there when they were gone and I think we started showing the house seemed like around six o'clock if mm -hmm. I remember correctly by about nine o'clock we were still there at that house and I was sitting in my truck outside and, and he impressed me so much with the way he was going back and forth he go going to his buyer and coming to talk to me and I'd call my sellers and blah 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 Finally at nine o'clock, he came and said, we don't want to leave tonight without getting a contract. So sure enough, we did get everything accepted verbally mm -hmm. that night. But uh, he's another example of somebody doing it part-time and he can turn into something full-time, but you got to have a love for people. You know, that's, that's the number one thing I right. can, uh, that I would suggest somebody make sure they like people okay. and be willing to work with people okay. just and looking after their interests. My philosophy over the years was I always wanted to do what was best for the, for the people I was working with. Okay. And it's worked for me. Yeah. So. And Madison, like you, like you say, you kind of got into this part-time, yeah. right? I mean, I, you know, I was a, I was a part-time realtor, you know, and I put that in quotations. Uh, <laughs> you know, it wasn't always part-time, but I had another full-time job 
uh, for longer than I've only been in real estate. Um, and I was with a company in Warner Robins for my backgrounds in law enforcement and real estate. Okay. Um, so I was working at the sheriff's office and then with the Georgia Bureau of Investigation. And um, I was, you know, doing real estate when I could okay. part time. And I brought uh, some buyers to one of Linwood's listings that I'd never met them before. And um, we looked at the house and I'd shown these folks probably 50 houses. And when we walked in, they knew that was the one. Uh, um, and uh, so I went up to Linwood and I said, hey, this is, you know, these folks really want this house. I, let's, I don't want to leave till we, get, till we get an agreement. And so I went back to my buyers and over to him probably five or six times and <laughs> we got an agreement done. And it wasn't too long after that, Linwood called me after we closed and, you know, he said, I don't normally do this, but I would like for you to think about coming to work for me. And um, I don't know, he just, and I was very happy where I was. So that's not very, it's not like something I normally would do, but I got off the phone and I remember, still remember, I told my wife, I said, Linda Barrett just asked me if I'd come work with him. Nobody's ever talked to me really like that. And she was like, well, are you going to do it? And I was like, I think I am going to do it. <laughs> I was like, and I don't really know why, but it just kind of felt, you know, right at the time the door yeah. opened up and um ended up being a really uh, good decision that it led to other doors opening and that up. was how long ago oh man a year and a half two years ago yeah not and that. so and then you technically purchased landmark realty from linwood when uh january 1st of this year okay. yeah and uh you know so i worked for linwood part-time i don't it was probably just six months or so and uh I was very loved my job with the Georgia Bureau of Investigation. Loved doing that that type of work, um, but it just kind of slowly turned into well, this is something I want to do full time as right. far as real estate. And um, I'd always wanted to, always had like the idea of wanting to do my own business or mm-hmm. you know be an entrepreneur. And it's kind of in my family too. And so I told my wife that I was wanting to do real estate full time, and it really kind of fit our family needs also at the time. And so I told Linwood, I said, hey, I'm going to leave the Georgia Bureau investigation and come work for you full time. He looked at me and he said, you know, you ain't got to do that. <laughs> I, still re- I still remember he uh, he said, why don't you just take some time and think about that? He was like, because I would just want you to be sure. And uh, and I was. And, uh, and, you know, then that ended up leading to, uh, you know, purchasing the company. Well, I always say, I mean, the doors open at the times that you need them to open the most. Yeah. You just don't realize it. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody's got, I always so I always like to say too, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans because he's already got a plan in place for you. Um, and he's going to open and close the doors and the windows when they need to be open and closed. Um, so I love the fact that it wasn't even, it wasn't on either one of your radars. No, and then look the, and see the, what's happened. You know, what's the funny one, is, you know, like you said earlier, you had no plans of doing real estate full time. And I didn't either. I I got my real estate license to do it part time out of necessity mm-hmm. in 2012 or so it was because my my wife wanted to go back to school to get her nurse practitioner degree and wouldn't be working as much. So I knew I needed right. to make some of that up. So and we had just bought a house and I was like, you know what? I think that's something I could do mm-hmm. at least good enough to, to cover this gap for us financially. Um, and so really I got into real estate for the same reasons Linwood did with, you know, even a month before I left the, the GBI, I worked with my brother at the same office in Perry 
and we were talking about work and I said, man, I just love this job so much. I said, there is no chance I would ever leave the George Bureau investigation. I said, I'm going to be working cases here in this office in 30 years and retire. And then a month later, I'm turning in my notice of, you know, resigning to work at Landmark full time. And so, yeah, your plan, you know, like you said, your your plans change very quick. Your plans can change very quick. Yeah, that's right. That's one of the things that uh, his first year working at Landmark, it never crossed my mind about offering the company to him. Right. But after that first year, he did so phenomenal. I mean, he had a tremendous year. Mm-hmm. I knew then that he was ready. Gotcha. And so I made a proposal to him. I don't know if I don't, I don't know what you thought when I first made the proposal. I don't remember how you reacted, but you, you had some interest. I know that. But I feel comfortable in what we've done as far, mm-hmm. as, far as selling to Madison. He's done a great job so far. We just went in it now six months, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, finishing up our six month your six month and uh, so I feel I feel real good about him continuing the the legacy. So are you gonna retire anytime soon? No. I thought I'll <laughs> answer that. He cannot retire. He cannot retire. No. I, gotcha. I thought I was gonna already retire by now, but I'm I'm just I'm still busy, 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 but no no complaints. Yeah. Yeah. You know. You know, and I think Linwood we went and had lunch in downtown Perry at uh, Schultz. Uh-huh. Yeah. And um, I think that's where the conversation started. And then he, uh, you know, wrote up his proposal to me on a sheet of notebook paper. <laughs> and I looked at it and I said, you got a deal? And we shook hands and, and then we, you know, got it formalized. Then but, he went through all the paperwork. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but I think, you know, between us at that point, yeah. we shook hands. It was a deal. We knew. Awesome. I trusted him. He trusted me. And then, uh, you know, we ended up getting it done officially. But... No, it's been great. Over the years, I've had probably three or four different companies try to buy us out, mm-hmm. and it just never did feel right. Right. Never did. Never did fit as far as I was concerned, and so the timing was right mm-hmm. this time. And uh, I'm excited about the future for the company. Excited for Madison. Okay. Well, we we love having Madison around. I mean, he's been involved in the chamber. Um, from the get-go I mean I started in September and literally right after you bought Landmark you um, started coming to a lot of the a lot of things we do so it's been great to get to know you even better and um, thanks for those of you who have listened and and want to know a little bit more about Landmark of course we'll have it on the show notes but tell people where where are you located in case people don't know and how could they get in touch with you all if they have questions or need some assistance in the real estate sure yeah we're on Northside Drive uh, 902. Yeah, 902 Northside Drive, and I think I mean right you, across from the Perry Historical Museum. That's right. Yeah, right behind the right beside the library. Yeah. That's right. Right behind <laughs> Domino's. It's typically right where I, if if nobody knows where we're at, when I'm like, hey, we're right behind Domino's, they're like, I got you. I know where that is. <laughs> That's probably um, a better. You can tell where my mind goes, like I, at the History Museum and the library and the yeah. Domino's. Yeah. But Lin, I mean, that's where Linward uh, started landmark out of that building. And, oh, uh, out of Domino's. Uh, well, no, no, oh. out of the building behind Domino's. And the hill behind Domino's. And, uh, okay. Yeah, so where, where we're at now. Okay. And okay. Um, so we're still there. Uh, we there's always somebody there okay. Monday through Friday, nine to five. So if you got any questions about us, you can come by. Okay. Uh, and we can certainly help you out. Perfect. 
Well, is there anything, because I mean, I know we could keep talking, but is there anything else that you can think of that people need to know about you all at Landmark or the real estate market in general? We've covered it pretty well, I think. I really do. We're just we're just here to help. If anybody needs some help, guidance, uh, over the years, there's been so many market analysis that I've done, and there've been so many contracts that I've written up for people, and never got a penny for. Right. Uh, because they needed a contract. Mm-hmm. They was trying to sell the house themselves. Okay. And so I've written up many contracts for people and didn't get a penny for because I didn't ask for anything, but they needed a contract written up. That's the first thing your bank's going to ask for. That's the first thing your attorney's going to ask for. Where's the contract? Where's the contract? Uh-huh. So if we can, if Landmark can help you in any way, don't hesitate to call us, and we'll be glad to help yeah. in any way we can. Love it. Love yeah, it. and I think, I mean, we're just real excited about uh, the future. Um, I mean, we certainly want to keep growing without varying too far where we started from. Correct. I mean, our foundation at Landmark is so solid and that's all because of what Linward and, and Keith and, you know, Martha and, and Phil and Jalinda and, yeah. you know, Denise, everybody that's been there for, for years, um, we're, we're where we are now because of what they've done. And so my, what, you know, my mission, my goal is just to further that okay. and uh, kind of keep to uh, Linward's core values as far as how we got us to where we are now. Perfect. Well, we appreciate everything that you do for the community, um, for you all support, and of course for for your support in the Perry Chamber. And we're just happy to have you guys, and um, thanks for coming on the podcast and talking to us. And we thank you so much. Of course, yeah. we're looking forward to seeing all the the great things that y'all continue to do. Thanks, Maggie. We appreciate it. This podcast was brought to you by Wendy Johnson Country Financial. At Country Financial, we're more than just an office you may pass by as you drive through town. We're a part of our community and help support the programs that make our neighborhoods thrive. We take the time to get to know our clients. We know that every situation is unique and our goal is to understand yours so we can help you be confident about your financial security and your future. Call your local Country Financial representative, Wendy Johnson, today at 478 333 2364 to talk about how we can help ensure the future you're dreaming of is something you can proudly own no matter what it looks like.